or purge streaming reviews i am your host demo my co-host is joe taylor this is episode 31 welcome back to both of us were we gone well it, sometimes it just feels like a long time in between episodes it does a whole you, week and i start missing you yeah you too all right let's get into it <laughs> all right disney plus is here yeah i've got it i've got it we've got it if you're listening you probably got it didn't everybody get it Right? I mean, it was like, gotta get Disney Plus. And if you don't, someone you know gave you the password. It's been the craze of the internet. Every time you go on, someone is talking about some new aspect that they either like or don't like or technical difficulties. Or I'm starting off with a, a technical difficulty. Okay. I'm watching it on my computer. And if I want to pause it, I can't hit the space bar. Now, to me, uh, space bar equals pause. Yeah, pause and play. Pause and play. But here I got to, you know, hit the keyboard, then move my cursor to the pause button. No good, Disney. I mean, here's the thing. They've had <laughs> how many years to, like, work out the kinks and see, hey, what works for this platform? What does this streaming platform do, you know? And it's like, you should have incorporated all the things that work into your super platform, Disney, right? Well, you know why this, let's talk about the big technical difficulty, which is that the site crashed the first day. Yeah. Because I, I heard 3 million people tried to watch it on the first day or something like that. Maybe it's more than that. Jess can check. I don't have the exact numbers for that, but there were over 10 million subscribers within the first 24 hours of its launch. That includes pre-sales. You know, they bought, because they own ESPN, and they yep. bought MLB.com, which is a streaming platform, and they tried to, I think, parlay MLB.com's infrastructure into Disney+, Plus, and it just wasn't big enough. They bought the infrastructure, originally called BAM Tech, from Major League Baseball for $2.5 billion. I don't know. It just seems like something you, you know, you're putting all this marketing behind it. You know, it's your big publicity push for like a year and a half. Disney Plus is going to be huge. And then it's like, uh, we can't handle it. But that seems to be the case for everything out of the gate. They never can anticipate how many people are going to log on. Yeah, so so when I tried to watch Mandalorian the first time, it was like the first night that it came online, it just said error. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to wait till the next day. See, I started, I watched The Mandalorian at 12.01. Of course you I, did. Because <laughs> I was like, I gotta get on, and then I had no problems. It, I, what were you doing for it. the one minute in between midnight and Praying, 12 <laughs> praying, just and cleaning myself. Um <laughs> It was after. So before we get into The Mandalorian, I also want to mention one thing. The other controversy this week was the fact that all the Simpsons episodes had been released, which is great. Every Sim Simpsons episode is now on Disney+. Plus. However, most of them, the great ones, the classic episodes, were not presented in its original aspect ratio of 4-3. Now, they, I saw something about that. They fit everything to 16-9. So everyone, How? Oh, Do they crop it from the top and bottom? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. Complete. It was a disaster. Like, you're literally missing the, the visual jokes are being cut out of the show. They do this weird pan and scan thing on some things. Oh. 
it's, I don't know, what the hell are they doing, right? But as I was driving over here today, I was, you know, at a red light. I checked my phone like an idiot, right? Mm -hmm. And I came across an article in Variety saying, in early 2020, they will go back to the original 4-3 aspect ratio for the classic episodes. Good. They heard us. There was a groundswell of protest. <laughs> like, how can you do this, right? I you know, can't forget about they... the election. Forget about <laughs> impeachment hearings. We've got to solve the aspect ratio on the Simpsons episodes, and they're doing it. So that's good news. At least, at least we know Disney's listening. I can't believe they did that in the first place. In the article, it said, well, they wanted everything to look uniform, and, you know, they wanted that big visual, oh, wonderful, to fit your screen. And it's like, people are smart. They know when something doesn't look right, you know? Yeah. Well, that show started in, what, like 1988 or something? 89. The first episode premiered on December 17th, 1989, but The Simpsons originally appeared in shorts on The Tracy Ullman Show in 1987. I mean, I think we all know that TVs were shaped different back yeah. then. So, yeah, most right. of them were black and white, if I remember. So that's what I want the black and white Simpsons if they really want to get into it. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were just yellow and black. Yeah. So that's that's cool news. I'm I'm, I'm glad about that. So it's a, it's a plus for Disney Plus. Wah, wah. Sorry right, about very that. Very good. I apologize. All right. Here we go, Joe. Here we go. I swear this is a thing I've been waiting to talk about my whole life. I know. A Star Wars live-action TV show. And I ain't talking about the holiday special. I ain't talking <laughs> about the two Ewok adventure movies on ABC in the mid-'80s that I know you loved. I loved one of them, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, they're completely forgettable. This is... Tell that to Warwick actu- Davis. Yeah. <laughs> this is an actual honest-to-God series that we're getting as Star Wars fans. And it's going to be eight episodes. Now, here's the thing. These things are short. The first episode was 39 minutes, and the second one was 33 minutes. Not what I was expecting. I don't think what most fans were expecting. I think they were, you know, figuring full-blown hour episodes, right? Yeah. But these things, this is what they're giving us. But, I mean, I, I will say I'm a little crestfallen when I logged on to watch the second one, and I was like, oh, this one will be longer. And I'm like, 33 minutes? What? That's my major gripe, is that they're short. Okay. Because I, I feel like I want more, but I'm probably being greedy about that. But it's just, there's only eight episodes. Only As of now, there's only six episodes left. And I know I'm going to be like, I want more. Do we know that it's coming back? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, our friend is already working on the second season. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's coming back for five seasons. I mean, you know, this thing's going to be a cash cow. John Favreau. John Favreau Disney created loves it. him. He's the executive producer along with Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is a, a Lucasfilm guru. He, you know, worked on The Clone Wars. You know, it's finally in the hands of people that seem to be Star Wars fans and are not besmirching the name. Favreau wrote, has been writing them too, which yes, is really impressive. It is. I'm, I'm not thrilled with a hundred percent of the writing. I have to admit, and it's hard for me. I, and I've got friends on both sides. A couple of friends are like, meh. And then one friend thinks it's the second coming. I'm somewhere in the middle. We're not going to get into spoilers here, which is going to be hard because there's so much I want to say about it that is spoiler related. Well, the best thing about the show... I know what the best thing about say the what show it is. it is, and it's what everybody loves. I mean, I don't, even if you're not watching the show, I think you know what we're talking about anyway. It's adorable. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a merchandising <laughs> bonanza. 
Yeah. And 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 out of nowhere. Like if you told me, oh, the Mandalorian, we're gonna get the bounty hunter show, and you're gonna get this character, I'd have been like, no way. Not in a million years was this character on my radar. Yeah. Couldn't have been on anybody's radar. It's a great surprise. It's a great surprise, and it never got leaked. Shocking. Yeah. So kudos to Favreau and his team for keeping it on lockdown. Yeah. Okay, but what's it about? Sorry. It's the Boba Fett show without being Boba Fett. He uses Boba Fett's imagery, the Mandalorians. This is like this culture that he comes from. He's a bounty hunter. He's a bounty hunter. The original Boba Fett is a bounty hunter. He's not in this. This is sort of like Boba Fett light. We're taking the imagery that everyone loves and putting a different spin on it, which is great. I'm so in love with this show because it's giving me the things you always wanted to see and never thought you were going to get. Yeah. And it's doing it in a smart way. Now, not all the writing is great. Like I said, I thought the first episode a little shaky, especially the beginning. I did not like the beginning of this episode. I didn't like with Horatio Hor- Sands. With Horatio Sands. Okay, here. I don't need Horatio Sands in Star Wars. I don't need, need Brian Posehn in Star Wars. <laughs> I know. Hey, I know they're super nerds, and congratulations, you won the super nerd lottery to get to be in this. I don't, I but don't as, need- a, as a fan, I don't need to go, hey, look at me. I get to be in Star I don't want anybody referencing that they're like, they won the jackpot. Okay. No. Remember, I had this problem with Game of Thrones too, when they had like Chris Stapleton in one of the episodes, and Martin Starr was in an episode of Game of Thrones. Martin Starr was not in an episode of Game of. Th- oh yeah, he, he was, was a dead but he, body. But, he was a de- but, he, but he's not noticeable. This is hey, check me out, right? Yeah. And Horatio Sands couldn't have been a worse fit. I mean, I'm like they're starting off your show with this guy. It was he, cartoony. It was cartoony. It didn't even fit with the, the whole Star Wars feel. But as the episode went on, it got way better. A lot more interesting, and it ended fantastic. The IG-11 character, which is a playoff of IG-88 from The Empire Strikes Back, blah, blah, blah. I know you love all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That was a fantastic design and portrayal. I loved what they did with that character. Okay. I'm loving this so far because it has so much potential. And like I said, it's giving old school old fart Star Wars fans like myself something to be excited about again in Star Wars because I'll be honest with you this is the best thing we've gotten in 20 years even with its flaws Hmm. it's better than anything since 1983 it's way better than the prequels oh well for sure for sure and you can debate whether oh it's not as good as Rogue One I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of debating everything in the Star Wars universe well, I like seven and eight, but I had just been born when Return of the Jedi came out. Right. See, the Force is not in your blood. Well, I had Star Wars sheets. I had Star Wars sheets, Star Wars curtains, Star Wars toothbrush, have. Star Wars ha- have. have, have. Yes, I have. <laughs> Thank you. Breakfast Thank cereal. You. I have to hide them every time my girlfriend comes <laughs> over. It's like I have to like, you know, just shove it all in the closet with like a dump truck. Uh-huh. It's like beep, <laughs> beep, beep, shove it in. All right. Can I chime in on this thing? I guess. You know how I make fun of you and your spaceship? movies and shows yeah and i call it star trek all the time and some of my favorite jokes on facebook is etc are when people ask if this is the origin story of captain kirk i just think that's hilarious all that aside i've watched both of these i really liked it a lot i thought it was awesome awesome that's great definitely a binge for me anyone who even remotely likes star wars this does feel like one of the old movies the wipes they brought back the wipes like when uh I don't know if people know what that is or not, but... The transitions. Yeah, when the screen will go from, like, one side to the other. 
I also really like the visual effects because it doesn't look CGI. Right. There's little stuff like... It looks like they're using models sometimes. Yeah. And like, I can't believe it. And, and maybe they are. Yeah, it looks like there's puppets and stuff, too, sometimes. And uh, I like when the Mandalorian ship lands. Like, right before it lands, it just, like, shakes a little bit. And it's like, that's such attention to detail that they probably sat out and watched, like, a Harrier jet take off and land a million times before they uh, made this thing. Yeah, the attention to detail on this is fantastic. Like, I, I watched the second episode a third time. Right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, like, I noticed, like, a reflection in his helmet that I hadn't seen the, the first time. And, like, they're really making sure it's a visual feast. The sound is is insane. Yeah. The the atten- Speaking of attention to detail, the, everything sounds more real than the real thing would sound. Even on, I just have, like, a little sound bar thing, but uh, it's incredible. How can you not like something with Carl Weathers in it? We should say who's in this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Pedro Pascal plays the Mandalorian. He's the lead. Hopefully, you'll never see his face. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he never takes his helmet off. And then, obviously, Carl Weathers. Warner Herzog. Huh? Right? He's great. He's great. Right? He is, like he's totally has nothing to do with Star Wars. He fits perfect. And then, uh, the big one here, Nick Nolte. Yeah. As his Ugnat pseudo sidekick for the first two episodes and a lot of people don't even realize it's nick nolte no but it is and he's doing an amazing job yeah he's he was cool the the one thing you know talked about like some flaws in the writing possibly uh when he lands on that uh planet and the nick nolte a little pig man shows up and it's an ugnat it sounds like a a voicemail that Alec Baldwin would leave his daughter. <laughs> you little Nick Nolte pig man. So <laughs> anyway, uh, he just automatically is like, okay, I'll help you. And it's like, why did he decide to do that? And then I guess it's kind of solves itself in the second episode, but yeah. But my friend made the argument that like, why can't he just land his ship by like El Guapo's compound there? Like, why does he have to like learn how to ride one of those creatures to get to where they are? Just get in your ship and land it. Right? There's a lot of quests that maybe are sidetracks from the main plot of the thing, but they got to do something. This has an 89 with the critics and 94 with the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it sounds about right. So it's a binge, right? Oh, are you what? I, yeah, no, it's a purge. <laughs> Demo, I'm, I'm going to, all my little quibbles that I have with it mean it's a purge. I, I couldn't, this is binge. This is why we do the show. So why I do the show so I can extol the virtues of the first live action Star Wars TV show. Couldn't be more excited, man. It's like, thank you. Finally, we can actually talk about Star Wars for once and not bitch about it. Yeah. Do you know what that's like? It's cathartic. I can't believe it. <laughs> I know you're excited. And uh, as a casual Star Wars fan, I'm excited too. So I'm glad you like it as a casual Star Wars fan and you're not like, what a piece of crap. Yeah. Right. So th- if you're liking it, that's just telling you the quality of it. And it's really good. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So that is The Mandalorian. Eight episodes. Two out so far on Disney Plus. Binge. How much is Disney Plus? Like five bucks a month or something? Uh, six ninety nine. I did the seventy uh, something for the year. Okay. Because I was like, all right, let's just do it. There's other original shows too. There is. Yeah, there's like five other. I, original I shows. know, I, but like but three I, of them are kids shows. There's I think. a lot of kids stuff. Here's the thing. I don't know how much I'm going to be watching Disney Plus. To be honest with you, I mean, once they fix the Simpsons, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, there's enough there and all the Marvel stuff. But, you know, I was scrolling through and I'm like, not for me, not for me, not for me. But, hey, 
there's enough for everyone. I think this is going to be a huge hit. When do we get a Marvel episodic? I think that's next year. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think they'll do better with it than Netflix? Who knows? I mean, yeah. they'll probably... I bet they put a lot more money behind it. Yeah. You know? So, we'll see. Okay. All um, right. Now, I wanted to mention briefly as a companion to this, I, not that long ago, watched a, a documentary called Empire of Dreams. From 2004. It's old, and I just came across it. I learned a lot, not only about how Star Wars came to be and how it almost didn't, or really close to uh, almost didn't. And uh, the guy you talked about, Alan Ladd Jr., Mm -hmm. how much he had to do with it. Yep. But for me, it was a long documentary, by the way. It was two and a half hours. But for me, it was like film school. It was so cool to see, kind of from the producing side, how this whole project came together. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Empire of Dreams, it's on It's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus. Yep. If you're interested in filmmaking or science fiction filmmaking or Star Wars or the history of the movie business, this yeah. is a great watch. I didn't even really mean to watch it. I just ended up sitting through the whole thing and I was like, this is great. I learned so much. Yeah, uh, I think I've watched it three or four times over the years. I come back to it and uh yeah. it, there's always some little nugget that's interesting in it. It's awesome. So I just wanted to mention that briefly. That's a binge. Yeah, absolutely. Empire of Dreams streaming on Disney Plus as well. Yeah, great doc. Awesome. All right. What else? We have two stand-up specials we want to cover by uh, late-night talk show hosts. One that has his own show and one that used to have his own show. Right. And they are Seth Meyers and Arsenio Hall. And they're both on Netflix. Both on Netflix. Seth Meyers is called Lobby Baby. And Arsenio Hall's special is called Smart and Classy. Yes. And we, uh, we both watched these, correct? Yes. Could not be more different specials. I agree. I agree. You want to well, go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'll start with uh, Lobby Baby. All right. Now, we discussed on the previous episode the whole thing where you can skip his political rant on Trump. Yeah. And we're going to see how it worked. And I thought it was done really well. Yeah. I th- and like people are like, oh, is it was he being censored? No, I mean during the special, Seth Meyers acknowledges it, and he goes, "For you watching at home, we're gonna have a button in the corner." Yeah. And he points at the wrong side po- of the screen. <laughs> yeah, he points at the wrong side of the screen. But then when I watch it on my laptop, it's on the correct side of the screen. Oh, I know. I watched it on, on. I watched it twice to see if the button worked. Because <laughs> I thought, I thought maybe the button was a fake out. Maybe it was a joke. But it's legit. You can skip it. He's acknowledging it. It's not something that Netflix put in. Goes, we don't. We want you to have this skip button. He's like having fun with it, and I thought it was kind of a clever, creative choice. And he only talks about Trump for like five minutes, if that. It's not even a big deal. And I thought it was good. I thought this was super well written material, very tight. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's all about his life, you know, having his wife having a baby in the lobby of their apartment. His relationship with us. It was very personal, but I thought also extremely relatable. Great callbacks and way to just weave everything together. Perfectly written. Perfectly structured. It was directed by his best buddy, Neil Brennan. Oh, yeah. Neil Brennan from The Chappelle Show. Co-creator of The Chappelle Show. Yeah. Great stand-up comedian. And um, I liked the look of it. I liked everything about it. They shot it in uh, Minneapolis. And he really plays with the Minneapolis crowd well. He... It was a tight, tight special, and it's definitely a binge. Now, I agree. I I really liked it. Like I said, the writing was great. The jokes were great. 
I didn't skip the Trump stuff, mm. but, but I thought that they were uh, that his political stuff was very funny, and I think you can forgive anyone's opinion of anything if it's funny. And he he was funny. This wasn't like the David Cross thing where it was just like, "Whoa, dude, chill." This was like really good jokes, and yeah. uh, so I, so I didn't skip it. Um, but I I really liked it a lot. Now when I watch him, I do not feel like I'm in a comedy club watching a comic. No, I feel like I'm watching a late night host do. I feel it's like a Daniel Tosh type of thing where it's like, this is not, this would not fly at the speakeasy. No, it's very presentational. Yeah. It only works in a crowded theater with fans. Right. It doesn't work in a club. It, like he couldn't have done that set. I mean, the material's good enough, but his stand up comedy presentation is made for a packed theater only. He's not going to do a, a bringer show in the belly room and get a lot of laughs because he just seems a little bit disingenuous, I think, in a club environment. Possibly. Yeah. But, but it was good. I, I binged for sure. Now, before we talk about the Arsenio Hall special, I want to mention that I tried watching Jenny Slate's new Netflix special, which I could not get through. I could do 15 minutes of it, and she is the polar opposite of Seth Meyers. She has zero structure. It's like she's doing a show where she invited all her friends, and it's the first time she's ever done stand-up. Have you watched any of this? Um, She is a giggling, (laughs) babbling, unfocused mess. And I know a lot of people, they're like, oh my God, I love Jenny Slate's special. You got to watch it. I need some structure. Okay, and yeah. don't, and by structure, I don't mean cutting back to a documentary about your parents and your grandparents and your family. That's fine. I get it. She doesn't have enough material to do a full hour special, so she's got to do this documentary in between. I um, I couldn't get through it, man, because she had no jokes. Right. I watched the first 15 minutes of it as well, and I was like, nah. Right? Now, I think she's great. I think... Um, She's great on Big Mouth. I love her. I love her voice work on Big Mouth. Yeah. And I don't want to be like, like, she sucks. She doesn't suck. But I thought this special was just an unfocused, meandering mess. The name of her special is called Stage Fright. It was half-baked. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't ready. She, she has no business doing an hour special. I, I felt like she was doing shots before she came out. Maybe. I, does she do stand-up? Like, I've seen her do stand-up live a couple times. Oh. And she was good. Okay. But she is zany and, and manic. That's I, just who she is. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess she's being true to herself up there, but I found it to be completely unwatchable. She played a comedian in a great little indie movie called Jess. Obvious Child from 2014, streaming now on Netflix. I saw it. Is that where she's got, like, the, she meets the boyfriend? Yeah. And, uh,. He knocks her up accidentally. Yes. Yeah, it was a good movie. She was good in that. Yeah. Uh, special wasn't good. But anyway, on to Arsenio. On to Arsenio Hall. I'm, I'm doing sorry. the fist. You do. I'm, yeah, the dog you pound. see. I'm I know. waving my fist. <gasps> there yeah. we go. I'm sorry, everyone. I apologize. Thanks, <laughs> You want to lead this one, buddy? In contrast to Seth Meyers, Arsenio's special felt like someone taped it in a club and he didn't even know it was being taped. It really felt natural. It felt like he knew where he was going, but it did not feel like someone was holding up cue cards like Seth Meyers did. It was way more genuine. It was real loose. 
Yeah, it was real loose. Great jokes. I mean, the material's awesome. It was well-written, but it, it definitely felt like you were in a club seeing a comic and not watching a special on TV. Now, the only thing I can compare these two when we're talking about what does a real comic sound like versus someone who just wrote a special, like a Daniel Tosh or somebody, there's a bootleg a recording of Norm MacDonald in Austin, Texas, that if you haven't listened to it, find it on YouTube. Talk about one of the most loose, but also clearly he knows where he's going all the time, but he acts like he doesn't. One of the best stand-up sets I've ever heard. Arsenio has that same type of feel where he he seems to go off page quite a bit. I don't I don't think he is. Right. And that's I a mean, huge compliment. He'll hit on a topic about something and then come back to it later. Like it it seems very loose and he's he's all over the place, but he's not. Everything has its own structure. It is a fun show. And like you said, he's got jokes, he's got tags for the jokes. Everything is a setup, punch, punch. And the crazy this is his first stand-up special. Oh, really? He's, ne- he's never done one before. Didn't he do like Young Comedians or something? On he might have, but I mean, this is his first full-on Our special. First, yeah, okay. Now, we saw him. Were you with us? I saw him about two years ago at the comedy store in the original room. Mm-mm. And he was just trying out stuff. Any of this stuff? Or do you remember? The phone stuff. He, he does a thing about phones. He did phone stuff when I saw him. That's pretty much what I remember uh, that he's incorporating into this special. And he was fun, but I was kind of like, Arsenio, he's a little... he's gotta wipe off some of the dust but and he did and he did he did it's he's obviously he's been on the road working it and uh it's a fun show yeah and if you're like what's arsenio hall been up to and what's he like he's still funny yeah i will say um if i was a little person and i'm short but i'm not technically a little person drops the m-bomb he drops the (laughs) m-bomb a lot and i was just going like oh okay now look it we're not one we're not here to censor and everything but if you are a little person maybe pass on this (laughs) <laughs> Might okay. be a bit of a purge if you're a little person. Yeah, get on a step stool and get up there and change the channel because you're not gonna like. This. <laughs> oh, boo! <laughs> I didn't know that was an. I mean, I I've heard that it's offensive, but is it too that, little? People? That and I believe dwarf are. You do not want to say. I I, I don't I, know. I, what I, so I go with little person. Yeah. Out of respect. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the thought police. It's just you know, it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. Anyway. That's about as one thing that could be seen as mildly offensive, I guess. And he goes off on Bill Cosby. It's interesting. He goes off on Bill Cosby not the same way Chappelle did. There's a sense of hero worship, but I don't know. He gets so he, They both get away with it in a way. Yeah. You know? They both say, like, you know, I can separate the man from the artist and everything, but he still, he still gives it to Cosby. Man. Yeah. He really does. Yeah, I like not to ruin anything, but he talked about if you would have told me 20 years ago that OJ would be free and Cosby would be in jail, <laughs> you're crazy or something like that. So anyway, that is Seth Meyers' Lobby Baby and Arsenio Hall's Smart and Classy, both binges, both on Netflix. Yeah, they're both really good. Speaking of comedy specials, we're wrapping it up now, right? Yes. I did have a bone to pick with you. I forgot about Oh. The uh, Great Depression. Yes. Gary Goldman. You didn't like it. You undersold the crap out of it. I undersold? Yeah, because I did watch it. Okay. I freaking loved it. Great! Now, this is how you described it. I won't do a demo impression, but it was something along the lines of, oh, he does stand up and he talks about his mental illness or something. It cuts back and forth between 
him like with his mom and <laughs> the beginning where he's looking through his old stuff and there's a book that he wrote called about a tree that grew itself with its own tears or something. Yes, like the tree of loneliness. I can't <laughs> yeah. remember. Right. Yeah. And, and the whole book was about, well, like an eight page book was about how the tree cried so much that it grew up into like a Christmas tree. And his mom was like, he was such a happy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so it cuts back and forth between that and some really good stand up. I've never met him. He seems like the nicest guy in the entire oh, world. Oh, he's great. He's a fantastic yeah. guy. So the Great Depression, Demo said binge. But, I did. I, I, but so you're saying it's binge, binge, binge? It, it's it's really good. It's one of my favorite specials because it, it, there's a lot of substance to it. Right. And did you like funny. the 60 minutes bit? Yeah. Oh God, I loved that bit. Yeah. It just spoke to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. the Great Depression on HBO. Definitely check that out. A lot of good stand up out there right now. You know, and, and a all, lot of bad stand-up. And a lot of bad stand-up. I I've done know. some myself. Uh, yeah, I've seen you do it, <laughs> and I've seen me do it. So, But also I've noticed um, HBO starting to crank out a lot more stand-up specials. And Amazon. It seems like Amazon and HBO are trying to catch up with Netflix. And Netflix just said uh, a couple weeks ago that they're going to start decreasing the amount of stand-up special they put out. Good, because they pick terrible people to do specials They with. just throw stuff against the wall. Nanette. Let's not get in on Nanette. I know Nanette is groundbreaking, but for me, I thought it was just a, a man-hating diatribe. A pole- it was a polemic. And a I get, what? I, a what? A polemic. Go on. Do you have to look it up? Yeah. It means like a long-winded, you know, poem of hate. Just mm. going off on something. A polemic. It's just, I'm just going to rip into this. I'm going to just hate something. Poemic. Polemic. 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 P-O-L. E-M-I-C. A strong verbal or written attack on someone or something. Polemic. I learn a new word almost every time. You're uh, welcome. Yeah. Today I learned midget. I've never used <laughs> such hate speech. I'm learning all kinds of slurs. All right. I think we're done. Oh, man. I hope so. Uh, let's recap real quick. The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Binge all around. Oh, yeah. It's just great. Star Wars fans, for sure. Semi-Star Wars fans, absolutely. People that like something that's good. John Favreau fans. Science fiction fans in general. Yeah. A uh, footnote to that, there's a documentary that I recently came across 15 years after it came out called Empire of Dreams about how Star Wars almost didn't get made. And that's also on Disney+. Plus, and that's pretty cool. Two stand-up specials, both on Netflix, Seth Meyers and Arsenio Hall. Binge. Everything's a binge today? Everything is a binge. Oh my, you Hooray! Must, you must be so uh, upset. You didn't have anything to complain about today. <laughs> oh my God. Don't worry. There's always next week. Yeah, we'll come back with something else. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, just about anywhere that has podcasts, you can YouTube. find us. YouTube, YouTube, yes. YouTube. I, we have four viewers on youtube we have four consistent viewers now people might be under the impression that there is video on youtube there is not why they're not watching it right they're like i can't see your hideous faces no you don't have to it's just a banner that shows you what we're reviewing and the audio yeah it's just audio and a logo so if you want to watch it at work it's not like something you have to like engage on you can have it in the background it's just like listening on anything else. It's for people with like Samsung phones or something, basically. Yeah. If you can't get it any other way, you can obviously get on YouTube. You can close the window, right? So it's like people can, oh, I'm, I'm working on something. I'm not, you know, and then yeah. you can just listen to it, right? <laughs> yeah. We're making it easier for you to cheat at work. Yeah, exactly. It's basically theft. 
people can get a hold of us at Twitter, Binger Purge, Instagram, Binger Purge Podcast. They can email us at bingerpurgepodcast at gmail.com. Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Literally anywhere. Before we go, as always, we want to thank Jess the Facts. You can follow Jess the Facts on Twitter and Instagram at the Jessica Greer. Thanks, Jess. And that's it. My name is Demo. For Joe Taylor, this has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 